You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. Welcome to The Room Block and enjoy your stay. This episode is brought to you by JTS Connect, offering host, MC, and moderation services for live or virtual events, as well as podcast hosting and consultation. Please email me at jtsalerno at gmail.com or visit me on LinkedIn to learn more. Greetings, Room Block Podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the podcast where hospitality and event professionals meet. I so appreciate you spending time with me here supporting our amazing industry. Speaking of support, just a reminder that if you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is by leaving a positive review or by sharing the podcast with others. So it's been busy here in the room block. I am thrilled to be emceeing a two-day virtual event this week, which has been a blast. And I was in Las Vegas for IMAX last week. What a whirlwind, as it usually is. If you've been, you know what I mean. I was not sure what to expect this year, but I knew what I was hoping for, and it was all of that and more. I felt like I left Las Vegas with sore feet and a full heart having a chance to reconnect with those from my past and meet so many from my present and perhaps my future too. I truly felt back in my element and there is no question in my mind that this industry is where I meant to be in some capacity. Stay tuned for next week's episode where I'll be recapping my main takeaways from the show. The one disappointment of my time at IMAX was that it was supposed to be a chance for me to meet today's podcast guest, in person. Sadly, she was unable to attend at the last minute due to a back injury. So while part of our conversation in this episode was not fully realized, this in no way diminishes any of the value that she brings to the table. Today's episode is for those of us who love being challenged, those of us who take immense pride in our work, and those of us who aren't afraid to bet on ourselves. If this describes you, then Deanna Wosu is somebody you want to get to know. Deanna is founder and event strategist at Deanna Camille, which assists organizations with all aspects of virtual and in-person events. While Deanna did step out on her own during the pandemic, she wasn't forced to based on the circumstances. She chose to. I wanted to find out. What makes somebody take the uncertain step of becoming a solopreneur during such an uncertain time, especially for our industry? And how does somebody become so good at it so quickly? Because she is. Deanna has the answers, and they all come down to a deep trust in and knowledge of yourself. A perfect storm led to the creation of Deanna Camille. Let this episode show you that planting even the tiniest of seeds can eventually yield the most fruitful results. Keep listening and enjoy my conversation with Deanna Wosu. 
Deanna Wosu, welcome to the Room Block Podcast. I'm so pleased to have you here with me. I am excited to stop by the Room Block Podcast. I feel like I'm being interviewed by a hospitality celebrity. So, oh, <laughs> thank you very much. That is lovely. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored for you to say that because I feel like I have my own celebrity here on the show. Um, and really, oh, this is why I wanted to have you on because I don't even remember Dana exactly how it is that we came to know each other it, it, it had to have been some kind of linkedin situation <laughs> i'm guessing I which is how it was your podcast actually okay I that's how i found you <laughs> you found me through okay well that that's always cool so you found me through the podcast and i think we just started chatting somehow and that's i feel like that's how so many of my relationships over the past 18 months have developed and it's been so fun to actually mm -hmm have these things happen in this way so it all feels very serendipitous at times yes so yeah definitely but um so the reason that i really wanted to speak with you today on the podcast is because ever since we met and we've been talking i feel like i've been watching you take your business growing it from a little seed up into this massive garden of, of what you've got going on today. And I know it is only the beginning, you know, but I would love to just talk to you a little bit about how this all came to be because so for, for the listeners, um, so Deanna Wosu is Deanna Camille. Deanna Camille is her company. So would mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about the services that your company offers and how it all came to be? So tell us about your company. Oh, the origin story. Okay. Yes. So if we rewind about a year and a half, I was working for a construction software company and I was the in-house corporate planner. So I worked on our client facing events. I worked on third party events and trade shows that we would go, you know, for field marketing purposes to get new prospects and leads. I had been there since um, early 2017 and, you know, as everyone else was dealing with, I was in the throes of canceling meetings, rescheduling meetings, shifting to virtual. But before that, if we rewind a bit, I was kind of fi finding myself at the max potential in that position. Ah. And so I was already feeling a little... Hmm, have I outgrown the situation? Should I be dipping my toe out? And then bam, pandemic, right? Mm. So, <laughs> so um, the thing that really kind of burst from that was a intense desire to brand myself, essentially, because I wasn't sure what the next step was going to be, but I knew I needed some record. I needed people to know who I was, whether I'm looking for a new job or, you know, if I'm just looking for side opportunities. And um, it also was an outlet for me in that time where events were being canceled. And, you know, I know a lot of other planners were dealing with the same thing where a lot of the bread and the butter of the tasks you were doing on a day-to-day -day basis kind of vanished because we were held in limbo. And I know some are still dealing with that. You mm -hmm. couldn't plan events. Um, all the events, you know, we usually would participate in about 40 to 50 trade shows or conferences a year with tabletop exhibits, and they all vanished overnight. So that was a good portion of my work was, you know, coordinating the booth and the, 
the staff. And so when all that work kind of left, so not only was I dealing with, I don't know if this position is for me anymore. I also was dealing with a breadth of work to do. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I, I think the first thing that really got me amped up was I was a member of MPI. I'd been a member for a few years, but I wasn't really active. I would go to meetings and kind of, you know, meet a person here, a person there, but I wasn't what I would consider an active member. And I decided to start volunteering. And that's how I started meeting people. And then it just kind of like that lit the match for me to kind of go on a networking spree. (laughs) Well, I started posting on LinkedIn some more. I created an Instagram. I didn't have an Instagram account before 2020. Um, I think I'm like the rare millennial that just was, I was just refusing. And I only created the Instagram when I created my company in November of last year. What? Um. Okay. That's amazing. Cause you are really darn good at it. I have to tell you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I used to, I mean, I used to be pretty heavy on Facebook, uh, for social reasons and a little bit of some networking groups and things, but I mean, I had a LinkedIn, but it, as many people currently, and in the past, it was essentially a place to store my resume and I would ignore it for years at a time. Totally. Mm-hmm. And Same. so, yeah, so I would say like last spring, I started getting really heavy in networking, just meeting other people and kind of like getting a gauge on what's going on in the industry. And then my company was really birthed out of a side hustle idea. I was originally, um, November, I was going to launch a speaker coaching class, you know, teaching speakers how to sell their services to event planners. So I felt like so many speakers were really bad at it. And so I felt like it was a <laughs> service that needed to go on the market. But here's the thing, and I know our competition will continue, but my advice to anyone who's um, thinking about starting an entrepreneurial endeavor or starting a new company, you have to sell what people want. And if you don't haven't done the research to know if people want something, don't just launch a product or service that no one wants. And so that was my lesson from that. Um, I put a decent amount of work into it. And then I realized that the speaker coaching industry is very saturated and I had no presence. I didn't have a community. I didn't have a following. So I was selling to no one. (laughs) And so I just kind of shifted. And then I realized, you know, I want to do some speaking. I'm an event professional. And then from there, I decided to take the leap in spring of this year. And so I left my uh, full-time position in a pandemic. I know that's crazy, uh, but uh, I, I, it was a, and I also have to rewind. I had a life situation that really kind of took away a lot of risk for me. So I'm a single mom of two kids and they are currently living with their father overseas. And so without the pressure of two mouths to feed for the next year or so, it was an easier jump to take. I realized a lot of people don't have that freedom. And I also uh, moved out of my apartment and I put everything in storage and I am quote unquote, a nomad, but I'm spending most of my time with family. You know, I've traveled a little bit, but I stay with my parents and I stay with family in Ohio as well. So um, long story short, that was the origin of me starting the company. And I've been independent since March and it's now October. So about seven months. Wow. Wait, so I don't know if I realized that when we first started chatting, you were still employed officially. In, as of March of this year, yes, I'm still employed. Oh, correct. okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I got you. So that was when you first went off on your own. So I think maybe it was right around, it was like literally right around then that we started talking. So mm -hmm. no wonder I feel like I've really watched, <laughs> watched <laughs> you, you really from the have. very, very beginning. Okay. So you said so much there that I find really interesting. First of all, you, you explained about your advice to entrepreneurs and starting off about making sure you're offering a service that you know people want. And I, I appreciate you explaining how you kind of came to find, you know, that you wanted to adjust your offerings mm -hmm. based on the existing market demand and, and conditions. <laughs> how did you know what else you wanted to offer? What made you realize this is what I'm really actually good at? People were coming to me for it. Mm. That's actually what made me take the leap because I was getting inquiries. Hey, uh, you seem to be an, a thought leader in events. Can you help with some project management? Hey, you seem to be really comfortable with virtual. I'm a speaker and I need someone to help me with the virtual side. You know, I want to do this virtual workshop and I want someone to be like the tech support and the lead uh, on Zoom, if you will. And so I started getting some inquiries and my full-time job was getting in the way of them. And that's what made me take the leap because I realized, okay, if I'm getting these inquiries now and I'm really not selling myself for that stuff, I mean, I was selling my thought leadership. I was selling my uh, ideas and concepts about events, but I wasn't necessarily selling event planning services or project management services okay, if I actually start selling it, what would happen then? Wow. And yeah, so I just basically bet on myself because I knew my potential was un was unlimited. It was just on me to go out and realize it. And, I, and so <laughs> I'm boiling it down and making it sound really simple, but it was, like I said, if you go back a year and a half, I was already feeling that itch to, to make a move. It's just a year later, the move was different than I thought it was going to be. I mm -hmm. thought the move was going to be jumping into another full-time role. And I, there was a point when I was, you know, looking for another position, but it just, nothing was speaking to me. And I realized, well, why don't you just bet on yourself and see if you can create the position that does speak to you. Exactly. And basically you're saying that because of the thought leadership and the way you were putting yourself out there, the, the branding of yourself, if you will, that you were doing even prior to going off on your own fully, just just what you were doing because you started to get that itch. That is what led to you getting inquiries about, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? That I mean, mm -hmm. that is a fascinating endorsement <laughs> for for the power of branding right there. Yes. Because I think, you know, I know there's a lot of people who speak about this right now, but you know, it, it is something that I have to say was absent from my knowledge um, in my early and well, actually, honestly, most of my career, it, it was the, that concept of knowing how to brand yourself and what you do, mm -hmm. what you're really good at, um, separately from just the job title that you held, or that I right. held, you know, so mm -hmm. I think that it really speaks to the importance of of doing that in today's world. And it really can open so many doors. It's not like selfish. It's not narcissistic to do it. It's, right. it's something that's a service to people because people mm -hmm. came to you seeking your help. That's amazing. Right. Right. And I, and I'm just a big believer, even before this entrepreneurial journey, I had been working two jobs, doing side hustles, like 
going back to high school, at, at every point in my career, I've either had a second job, I've had, I was teaching English online from home for three years. So I was getting up at 5 a.m. and teaching kids in China how to speak English oh uh, before I got my kids up and went to, to work. So I just am always a proponent of never relying solely on a W-2 check because they can, as every a lot of people realized last year, they can evaporate overnight. So I always like to have something as a backup. Um, so that's already kind of been my MO. So it was just now I was basically making my side hustle my full time and not having a backup. <laughs> right. Well, and then so that's another thing that I wanted to touch on when you were talking about your story. You mentioned, and this is going all the way back to, you know, when you before the pandemic even, but just when you were still at your full time job and you said, I've maximized my growth here. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone's got choices, right? You all and we've we've known people who have maybe come to that point in a in a position and they stay they mm-hmm. stayed out of you know for whatever reason you know security or fear or contentment or whatever and there's nothing wrong with that but what do you think it is about you that makes you say no I want to keep going. Like, I mean, you, you realized you, you could have stayed, you could have, you could have eliminated all this possible risk. What, where was the desire to, to keep growing? Well, I've never regretted leaving a job ever. There's never been one where I said, oh, I shouldn't have left. I should have stayed longer or I left too soon. I've never felt that way. Again, it could be the millennial, millennial in me that I'm not afraid to job hop, <laughs> but I just know that sometimes, you know, you've reached the end of your road and that's okay. And I also want to say that I've left every position that I've ever left has always been on a good standing. Like, you know, it's been a, you know, a positive ending, if you will. And I never wanted to get it to a place where it was going to be negative or it was going to be toxic. Me personally, my work quality and my work productivity, it gets worse when I'm not challenged and when I'm not, you know, intellectually stimulated. Mm. Also, if I don't see a path forward for growth or, you know, if there's no external motivation for, okay, well, if I keep working hard, you know, this next position's at the end of the road or, a new, even if it's not necessarily, um, what do you call, uh, vertical growth, if I'm getting new work opportunities, new types of events, new types of projects that are going to allow me to create new skill sets and try new things, I needed that that diversity of experience. And mm-hmm. I was just, I knew I was at that capacity and I could feel, again, my motivation slipping my work output slipping. And I just really take pride in, you know, being a good work, a hard worker. I take pride in bringing a good product to the stage. I take pride, you know, when people come to events that I've hosted, you know, the best compliment is when they never know that I exist at the event. They never have a reason to find me. They don't have any questions because it's just, it's gone smoothly and there's been no fire. So like I take pride in a job well done. And I knew that I wasn't doing my best work. So it was also kind of fear of if I stay long 
study longer, yeah, I'll be collecting a check, but I'll be collecting a check and that's it. I won't be bringing my best self. I won't be giving this employer what, you know, the value for what they're paying me. And that's not fair to them either. Because again, I had a good working relationship. I still am in contact with um, several people there. And so I was just like, this is, it's time for me to leave because my road has ended here. So I think I've never really feared leaving a job per se, because I always know that I'd rather leave on a positive note than a negative one. But this is the first time that I've left with no safety net, no second job. Um, There was a short time when I was a stay-at-home mother, but I was married at the time and there was a second income. So I was being taken care of by my spouse at the time. But otherwise, you know, I've always usually had another job lined up. So that was different. But in terms of leaving an employer in general, I just don't, I'm just not a proponent of staying because it feels safe. Because again, if you think about what happened over the past year and a half, how, how do safe do people feel now? Right. I mean, nothing's really ever guaranteed. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think about, you know, all the people that felt untouchable, uh, present company included. I mean, <laughs> to right. some extent, you know, I, I, I didn't think that, that I was in a risky position either. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was, and so many right. people were 25 year veterans of the same job, you know, were, were at risk. So right. yeah, I mean, I have to commend you. I just think that's a excellent mindset. I love how you describe it as, you know, it's not just not just for you. I mean, it is. It's it's knowing what drives you and what makes you want to work hard. But I mean, you also didn't want to do a disservice to the position itself because you mm-hmm. just knew that without you being the, stimulated mentally in the best way that you could be, that you weren't going to be able to give that position your all. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that speaks to, well, just a fantastic employee. And now you're your <laughs> own your own employee and your own boss. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you love who you work for. <laughs> well, and I just remembered too, uh, I completely... I completely forgot about this, but my first job, I worked for a trade association and they supported the, a lot of their members were automotive industry. So when, you know, you had the economic downturn of 2008, 2009, they were very hard hit because a lot of them were getting like the auto bailouts and we experienced layoffs during that time. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, a year, a year and a half removed from college. So I got that experience early that if things hit the fan, the proverbial fan, you're expendable, you know, at the end of the day. So I think I got that lesson really early. So I've, I hate to say this because it's going to sound terrible, but I mean it in a positive sense. I'm not loyal to any employer. (laughs) I'm loyal to my career and what's the best move for me and my family at that point. If I ever find a place where, hey, this is a great move. I'm going to stay here until I retire because it's just the right situation for me and my family then I'll absolutely, I'm open to doing that, but I'm never going to make that decision because I feel it's it's the safe choice. I'm gonna make it because it's the right choice. If that makes sense. Absolutely, it makes sense. And I, I wonder if that's something that's more common in you know younger generations or if it's something that is just something that you learn <laughs> as you go on. I, I don't know. I guess it remains to be seen. And there's, you know, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of different people out there. But for anyone listening who, you know, might need a little just reassurance that 
you can put yourself first <laughs> you yeah. should put, you should put yourself first you know this, right. this is it for sure yeah so, exactly <laughs> and you know some people don't have haven't gone through those those time periods where it's been scary mm -hmm. you know and i mean right. i guess anyone who's <laughs> been in the job for us the last two years have but you know there's right. <laughs> there'll be a whole new crop of people coming in <laughs> at some point and mm -hmm. hopefully they'll have smooth sailing but they might not so right exactly <laughs> and i mean every generation has something we all have those you know points in time that you know mark experience for us that affects you positively or negatively. And that really, you know, stamps your outlook on career, on the economy, on where you fit in all of it. So. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I think, you know, 9-11 was, 9-11, 2001, that was obviously something for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, I was, that was very, very early in my career. So at the time it was just like, what's happening? Right. <laughs> But I was fortunate enough to remain employed. But yeah. okay, well, so now I want to go on with a few things. So you mentioned that you wanted to take the leap into speaking yourself. So, you know, you knew a thing or two about coaching speakers. But then mm -hmm. what was it that made you say, okay, well, wait a minute, I can do this. I, I don't need to coach myself. <laughs> I know how to do this. So what do you like to speak on it? And how did that part of your career come to be? So I'm really fortunate. I get this skill set, I think, from my mom. Uh, you know, growing up, my mom worked in corporate America for almost 40 years, and she was in the HR field, and she would do a lot of corporate training. And um, I would be her guinea pig when she was like creating new speeches. I'd be in the basement and she'd be practicing it on me. I'd be her audience. And I think that was a really formative experience just in general, because my mom was such a boss, but also <laughs> I have that skill set that she has too. I've never been afraid to be in front of crowds. I used to do theater. I did um, solos. I've done show choir you know, so I've had that experience of kind of like being in front of people and it's never really been intimidating to me. At a certain point, I went into college undecided and I was considering being a broadcaster or like TV and film. And I was just like, no, this just, this didn't seem like the right route. So fast forward to, um, I would say maybe summer of 2019 or so. I was just posting some random videos to Facebook because I had like a personal wellness challenge. And so I was sharing my journey with people. And one of my coworkers said to me, you'd be really good as a broadcaster. You're just so um, engaging on film and you just speak so well. And I was like, hmm, interesting. And so like that little seed was planted. Yep. Like I said, way back when. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to spring of last year. This is well, not spring. It was probably February because it was before, you know, we were about to start canceling events. And uh, we were ramping up. We had a large user conference in June. And so I was doing some employee training. So I led some sessions for the employees of the company just on, here's the protocols of the event. Here's the event. Here's where we need your help. Like just some training sessions. And we had about 300 employees. So I had to do uh, four different sessions because we didn't all fit at the same time. And again, I got multiple comments from probably a handful of people at work. Like, you're such a great speaker. You're really good in front of an audience you know, you were really engaging. I loved your presentation. And again, this was work. Like <laughs> it was mandatory. They just needed to sit through my talk. They didn't right. need to give me any compliments. <laughs> they didn't so have to like it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So I was like, hmm, interesting. 
well, maybe I should start speaking. And so that's kind of, again, it, it was a, 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 like a lot of seeds were planted and then all like watered over time. And I, ref, again, I reflected back on my, my past, like you are a good speaker. It is a natural skill set. Now, I also joined Toastmasters to kind of do some professional development and, and really kind of hone the skill set. But, um, and then it was also part of the branding. I started doing some speaking because it was getting me in front of people, getting my name out there. And then I enjoyed it. So I was doing, you know, I was doing just some industry events, even if it was for like a virtual event platform and they've got a panel of speakers, you know, that's branding for me, but it's also practice for speaking. And then it was like a, a taste test, like, okay, do you like this before you really jump in it with both feet? So that was kind of the, the path in that regard. Oh yeah. All right. I love it. And I believe you have a pretty good, big speaking opportunity coming up that next month. Is that right? Am I going to see you yeah. live on stage? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I will be speaking at IMAX. Uh, I'm actually doing two sessions. One is more of a, a campfire discussion, and that's part of MPI Smart, Smart Monday uh, sessions. So I'll be talking about solopreneurship in a global pandemic. Oh, <laughs> you're the expert today. there, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then later that afternoon, uh, I'll be talking to like the Rising Leaders Forum, I believe it is, just talking about finding the work that lights you up. So two topics that really kind of stem from our conversation today, honestly. Mm -hmm. Well, but that's the thing. And I was going to ask, you know, what, how did you pick your topics? But I think everyone says you just have to talk about what you know, what is mm -hmm. your story? Because someone out there is going to find value in what you've been through. Right. Exactly I mean... that. Exactly that. <laughs> if I'm, I'm trying to find relatable stories that I feel relate again to the event industry, but also I can share my story because it's much more, um, it connects more with an audience if it's vulnerable, if it's, you know, if you know, like one, if you, if you know what you're talking about, then you, you're not going to know anyone's story more than you're going to know your own. <laughs> that is true. That's true. But I mean, I think a lot of people just really do enjoy hearing those really personal anecdotes, you know, the the stories of, you know, how you overcame a really tough situation or just, you know, advice about something. And people are hungry mm -hmm. to, they are hungry to connect and learn. So to be able to do it in the format of, um, you know, listening to someone speak about it on stage, that I, I love learning that way. I love, I'm kind of like a, a speaker junkie like I, I love going to educational <laughs> events just because i love hearing all the different ways that people educate through public speaking so mm -hmm. i'm excited i will be in the audience watching you so Yay! <laughs> I, I cannot I wait met with multiple people today that are going to be at imax so i'm excited because you there's a long list of people that i've only met through a computer screen that i get to like see in the flesh i know i know i cannot wait so i'm so excited to get to see you there too Absolutely. Excellent. Well, so before we go, I wanted to just give you a quick chance to tell everyone how we can find you. Because um, I know you've, there's a there's a variety of platforms that you're working on. <laughs> so let us know. Okay, so I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. On Instagram, it's Deanna Camille 20. On LinkedIn, it's just my name, Deanna Wosu. Um, and I am happy to announce I'm a week away from publishing my own podcast Yay. 
called The Experienced Junkies and uh, had you on as a guest. So I'm excited to air your episode. Um, Thanks. In the <laughs> next few weeks. Um, so yes, yeah, so you can follow The Experienced Junkies pod on Instagram as well. So those are the two easiest places to find me and the two places that I'm really the most active. Oh, perfect. And your website? My website is just Deanna Camille, D-E-A-N-N-A-C-A-M-I-L-L-E. I'd be terrible if I spelled that wrong. People ask me where the name came from and it's my first and middle name. <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna, I didn't mean to ask you that, but thank you for telling me. Um, yeah. Good, well, and I will link to all of your, all of that in the show notes so people can find you because if you don't follow Deanna yet on any of her platforms, I highly suggest you do really. I have to, I, I said it before, but I must commend you. I mean, you really are good with your content. You are working the thought leadership <laughs> very well so it's it's great because you're entertaining and educational I mean, you really nail those you nail the way you deliver so well thank you job. i will say to anyone who's nervous or like don't feel like there's any point to it i have had more people than not who never engage never comment never like but i either meet them on a virtual call or we meet in person and they say i love your content so there's for every one person who likes comments, whatever engages with you, there's probably another 20 that are looking. So you just, your, your, your um, visibility net is a lot wider than you think it is because you only see a small sample that are actually viewing your content. So That is really good advice. For me as well, <laughs> because, <laughs> no, as just as as a fellow content, you know, person, it, it you do wonder, you know, are are people out there watching? Mm -hmm. And I guess the answer is yes, they are. Yeah. It is. It, I guess I have had that happen too once in a while, where you're like, someone calls you out for something, and you're like, oh, I didn't even know you right. listened or watched or whatever, but they're. There you have it. So that's always yeah. cool. And I, lurkers might be right, bring you more business than the people that actually engage. <laughs> that's true. They're they're busy working and not engaging. I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, all right. So the final thing, and this is the segment of my show that I wanted to to work into in this season, and I wanted to give all my guests an opportunity to give a compliment or issue a complaint. And I don't mean complaint in like a negative way necessarily, but I took a training course years ago when I worked uh, in sales at a hotel and we had a course called Complaint is a Gift. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget that just because I thought, well, that is a really positive spin on a complaint. Right. But you know, look complaint at it. Complaint is just an opportunity for feedback. <laughs> exactly. So would you like to issue today a compliment or a complaint? I am going to issue a compliment. Okay. So uh, my birthday is next week and I went out to dinner last night with my family for an early birthday dinner and the service was impeccable. Mm. And I was just reflecting on the fact that there's been so many complaints <laughs> over the past year and a half, either that restaurants aren't open, that they don't have staff, that the staff that works there is inexperienced, or they're so overworked that they can't really give good service. So I'm just going to give a compliment to the entire service world, service industry, whether those are restaurants, hotels, if you work in the travel industry, if you work in customer service, like I have worked many of those jobs pre-pandemic and people are the worst. So if you are working in those jobs and 
you know, you haven't gotten a compliment or some, no one has said hi to you today or even acknowledged your presence. This is me saying, hello, thank you for your service. You're doing a great job. I know it sucks right now, but you are doing the best that you can. And um, hopefully that'll give you just a little, little perk um, to get through the rest of your day. If you're, you know, maybe you're in the shift from hell right now, but right. always another day. <laughs> I love that you just gave that compliment because for sure they need it right now. Right. The service industry really does. I I feel for everybody. Every time I go out somewhere to eat to a store, I was at the grocery store yesterday and I'm just like, I can tell these people are brand new and I can tell that they're stressed and they're learning and I'm mm -hmm. patient. I'm a very patient person. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't get annoyed. Um, outwardly no. um <laughs> but yeah but it's it's just it's hard out there so yes mm -hmm. thank you for giving yeah. that shout out that was very lovely absolutely and thank you for being on the show with me today it was wonderful to have you Deanna I can't wait to meet you in person in just a few weeks now and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'm excited to see what more is to come with Deanna Camille Yes, thanks so much, Jen. And I'm excited to see the Roomba Class podcast grow. I'm glad you're back. I know everyone missed you during your needed hiatus. Oh, well, thank you very much.